Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and joining me today is our resident jurist doctorate, my good friend and longtime co-host Curtis, and today we are bringing back an old favorite. We're gonna play some buy or sell. Nothing revolutionary here. Nothing that has not been done before. But who cares? It's always fun, and it's been far too long since we've done this on this podcast. Those of you who have been with us since the start, back in 2015, you probably remember that we used to do this a lot in the early days of the podcast because it's fun. And also, you guys seem to enjoy it, which means that we did it a lot. So with the long, hot summer ahead of us, and yes, it is 1,000% already summer in my book. I know the calendar might not say it's summer. I guess technically it's still spring, but when I look at the weather forecast for the coming week and it shows Four straight days of 92 plus degree heat. I simply do not care what the calendar says. It's summer, boys and girls. So with a long summer ahead of us, why not? Why not talk some Georgia football and have some fun doing it? And that, my friends, is where buy and sell comes into play. All right, Curtis. I know it's been, I mean, literally like a year since we've done one of these episodes, but it's pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. I know you remember how to do this. So I'm just going to give you a statement. I don't know if these are bold or not, whatever. They're statements. And I just simply want you to tell me whether you are buying or selling that statement. And we're going to start at the top here with more of a big picture topic. And then we'll move to to some more specific stuff as we carry on through this the rest of the episode. We're going to start with Kirby Smart. Buy or sell, Curtis. Kirby Smart wins another national title in the next three seasons i'm gonna buy it and i think the biggest reason is while people like a&m had such a great recruiting class last year outside of alabama and maybe ohio state there hasn't really we know we talked about it kind of comparing clemson and things but there hasn't really been as program as much as georgia in the in the last five years especially that has just built a great foundation that allows you be in a position to win it year in year out I, I tend to agree with that, Curtis. Like you're exactly right, in AM. I know that AM is the program everyone's looking at right now based off the historic recruiting class they had last year, which 
I, I think it's fair to say Kerr is the best recruiting class ever on paper, right? Yeah, no question, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, the number of five-star prospects that they have bought, let's make no mistake about it, they bought those guys. But regardless, they're on their roster. They're on their team right now. So that is one hell of a class, and that's a great starting point for them. But go back to the first couple of years of the Kirby Smart era. I know that in year two, we competed for a national title. But we also had some really, really important pieces that returned for another year that didn't have to, the Nick Chubbs. The, the, the Avon Bellamy's, Lorenzo Carter, Sonny Michelle's, those kind of guys returned and they formed the foundation of that team. We said all the way throughout that year, Curse, back in 2017, which seems forever ago, but back in 2017, we were talking about how that was a talented team, no doubt about it, but there were holes are not, is not the right word, but there were spots on that team where we were not like national championship good. Like at safety, I don't think that we were national championship good. And it turned out to be ultimately the case there. And I think AM can be something like that. I think AM is going to be a contender here the next couple of years. But you're exactly right. We've already laid our foundation. I, I think there's three programs, Curtis, and help me out here. Maybe there's more, but there's a handful of programs out there in the country right now that have created their own death star. Like they're ready to destroy everyone any given year and can win it any given year. I think Alabama, obviously, for sure. I think Ohio State is right there. Georgia is there. Would you add Clemson to that mix, Chris? I know they've won a couple national titles in the past five or six years, but I look at that Clemson roster, I don't think their talent up and down that roster is Death Star quality right now. I agree with that statement. Am I right, though? Is it three guys? Is it three teams? Is it Georgia, Ohio State, I mean, Alabama? Yeah, those, have- are the three, those are the three teams that have the foundation. You know, USC is going to be dangerous now. Um but I think they're, they're very much in, in the same vein of of Texas A and M. Like they even had they haven't exactly. even had that kind of recruiting clash yet. I yes, they recruit still, well. Still going to have some holes and things, and we're being rely on guys that are really young, which can be good, but they're they're just not there yet. And they have the talent at the sexy positions at quarterback, receiver. Obviously, Caleb Williams, Mario Williams coming to receiver. They've got that down. I mean, they should feel good about that. But I still have questions about USC along the lines of scrimmage. I don't think you can, you can compete against the Georgias and Alabamas and Ohio States of the world if you aren't ready from a line of scrimmage standpoint. I just have questions about USC. I think USC will probably get there within a couple of years. Like AM, I totally agree with you there. Those programs are on the come up, they're coming. But they're not there yet, and it'll take them probably another two or three years to build out their rosters entirely to where they are death stars like Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State are right now. So with that breathing room there, I think, you know, we go into every single year right now, Curtis. I truly believe this with a shot to contend for and ultimately win a national title. Is it going to happen again this year? Are we going to go back to back? I don't know. We've got a lot of time to talk about that the rest of this offseason. But I think we're going to have a chance because I think our roster is Death Star good. I think that's where we are right now. We have some some big holes that we've got to fill, but we have been recruiting for a couple of years now, Curtis. Because that's the key. What, like When I say Death Star, what I mean by that is you've put recruiting class upon recruiting class upon recruiting class. Elite recruiting classes in succession. Not one, not two. We're talking three, four, five. We have an entire roster full of guys that were part of top three recruiting classes, number one recruiting classes. And again, I think there's three teams in the country right now that can justifiably say that with Clemson maybe knocking on the door there. And the A&M, we know with the class they had last year, with what Lincoln O'Reilly's been able to do in the transfer portal and and what USC can sell there with the lifestyle in in LA, they're probably going to get to that point, but they're not there yet. So I think we're one of three teams that go go into each season 
feeling like we have a chance and not only feeling that we have a chance, but realistically having a chance. And, and with what Kirby Smart did last year, answering a lot of the questions about his game day coaching ability, can he actually get over the hump? I, I, I think absolutely the answer is yes. My my only concern though, Curtis, is the the quarterback position. I, I feel good. I, mean, I actually feel good about Stetson because we know what Stetson is. We think that we know that one of the guys waiting in the wings is going to be that guy but we don't know because we haven't seen those guys yet. Do you think we have an answer, a guy waiting in the wings, Chris, that can lead us to another national title within the next three years? I think we do. And the, the reason is that I think that while they all have their things they need to improve on, you have seen the last two years an improvement by these players. Um, if they stay the course and kind of stay with it, then I could see it because like even Stetson, going back to his very first year and to kind of where he is now as a quarterback, he has grown a lot. Um, you know, he's tried, you know, cut down some of these turnovers, some of these things that have plagued him have made us hard on him. But the thing is you can see the effort trying to get better at that. And that's what we need from these younger guys, because you, we can't expect you to be perfect and ready to go right away. But if you come in here and take it serious and get better, then talent is not the problem. So I think if they do that, then they could be in a position to lead us. How much did it hurt you to say something nice about Stetson Bennett? I mean, hey, you can't sit here and say he hasn't gotten better. I know that had to hurt you, though. I know it did. No, but, I mean, hey, he has gotten better. I mean, that's the thing. It's still, you know, I still sometimes want him to show me. But the fact is, like, he has done more than what he was when he when we were relying on him two years ago. So he's improved, but you don't think he's still up to par yet. Okay. I mean, I still think that there's things I need to see from him where we're not relying on defense, but maybe that's also asking other people to step up. But there are sure. still things that need to be improved. I mean, we have talked about it just like the decision-making, not making that that play where you're scratching your head like, what the heck did you just do? Yeah, 100%. And, and going back to that question, Curtis, like do we have a quarterback waiting in the wings? Well, I don't know if we necessarily have to have like an elite quarterback waiting in the wings because I think Stetson was better last year than you do. But he wasn't elite. I'll admit that Stetson Bennett was not like a guy that was going to carry your team, put the put the entire team on his back and go out there, throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, and win you a football game based on his skill set. Now, his skill set felt really well with what our team was last year and our ability to play complementary offense. And when asked to, I think he did push the ball vertically on the field better than just about any quarterback in the country. If you look at the numbers. I think he did a very good job running our offense the way it was it needed to be run last year again as a complimentary piece but he wasn't again my, he's not going to be a first round draft pick you know we, we know that we mean he'll probably get drafted somewhere late in the nfl draft if, if i had to say right now but he's not going to be a high draft pick like he's not going to be a big time pro prospect we know that i don't even know if he'll hang on with an nfl team who knows we can talk about that later on all i'm getting to at here curtis is one of those guys whether it's vandegrift whether it's beck whether it's gunner stockton whether it's Arch Manning, knock on wood, who knows? We'll see. We, I, I think we've proven that we don't necessarily need them to be like a Caleb Williams-type superstar quarterback, like a Bryce Young superstar quarterback. Would it be great to have one of those guys become a player of that caliber? Of course. That makes things a lot easier. But our formula that we've built over the past couple of years, and it might have to be different this year, probably will be a little bit different this year. But we've proven that we can win football games at a high level against the best teams in the country without having an elite quarterback. So I, I think any of those three guys, I don't know who, I don't know, ultimately know who's going to end up being, but I feel confident one of those guys will be able to step up and give us 
what Stetson has given us the past couple years. I truly believe that in that competition, one of those guys can do that. And if they can do that, as we continue to build our defense out, we're going to be young this year, but next year, the year after that defense is going to come back up to being not only one of the best, but maybe the best teams in the country. Who knows? It might be that this year. I, I, I have doubts that we're going to be as dominant as we were last year. I think that's a bit of a stretch right now. But I still think they're going to be really, really good because we have recruited at an extraordinarily high level. And we have actually more returning on defense than I think the national media wants to give us credit for. You know, the guys like Robert Beal and Nolan Smith and Chris Smith and Tyke Smith coming back. We'll see where he ends up playing. McKeely Ringo, all these guys played a lot for us last year. Uh, obviously, Jalen Carter. How can I not mention Jalen Carter? Zion Logue played a lot more than people realized last year. He played about 25% of our snaps on the defensive line. So I think we have a really nice foundation. But clearly, we're going to have to replace a lot. But I'm with you here, Curtis. I think the answer to this question is yes. I have gone on record saying that I think that University of Georgia is going to be the next dynasty in college football. Now, will it be to the degree that Alabama's dynasty has been over the past decade plus? I, I would say probably not. I mean, it's going to be tough to predict that. But if you're talking about dynasty, making a run here, winning multiple national titles in a short span of time, I think we are positioned better to do that than anyone in the country I think Alabama is obviously right there, but I think it's Georgia and Alabama. And for a while it was, it was Alabama Clemson. I think now it's going to be Alabama, Georgia. And I, I like our chances right now with, with Kirby smart being at really still early in his career, Nick Saban on the downside of his career, they're still going to be good. They're still going to recruit well, but I like what we've done. I like where we are. I like our talent. And I think it's, uh, it's only up from here, man. Only up from here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, next one here, Curtis. I'm curious your take on this. Because obviously, we're losing a lot of talent next year. The defensive talent we're losing is very well documented, but we're also losing some key pieces on offense. Now, we are returning quite a bit on offense, far more on offense than we are on defense. We all know that. But two key pieces from last year's team, two guys that came back for another year that didn't have to come back, were our top two running backs in Zamir White and James Cook. Together with their both their rushing and receiving numbers, they combined for just a hair under 2,000 total yards, 1,943 yards to be exact. But honestly, Curtis, I'm, I personally am not worried about that. I love Zeus. I love James Cook. I appreciate them and everything they did for us, and they were a massive part of our success last season. But I feel really good about 
the top two backs coming into this 2022 football season. So, Curtis, next one here, buy or sell. Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton will combine for more yards than James Cook and Zamir White did last year, more total yards, which is 1,943 yards. Are you buying or selling that? I'm going to buy that, and I think that my reasons, I think we may be a little bit more successful in the run game where we kind of struggled at times last year, especially with the offensive line play. Um, I'm going to buy that because I think that I can't remember. I don't know the exact number, but I felt like for the first time in a while, our yards per play, our rush um, yards per play was not huge in the running game, but I feel like we may be able to get some more yards. Um, And I mean, I don't think Kenny McIntosh is the receiver that James Cook is, but I think he's pretty close. I just think the difference is going to be in the actual run game. You know, watching it in the moment last year, I did not feel as though we were as efficient running the football as we had been in years past. And and I say years past, I'm really going back to like 2017 with Chubb and Michelle. We were just running the ball all over people, hitting explosive run after explosive run. You throw in DeAndre Swift as well. But the final numbers kind of tell a different story. We averaged 5.26 yards per rush, which is really good by any objective measure. It still wasn't where we were in 2017 is about a half a yard under that we were like basically 5.8 yards per rush in 2017 2018 we we're actually better yards per rush a uh, 5.9 yards per rush in 2018 2019 we took a big step backwards down to 4.94 yards and we were swift at some head because we couldn't throw the ball they were a lot of injuries and teams were stacking the box and we couldn't really throw them out of it that was a problem in 2020 we were still we were we were and maybe it was a little bit of a carryover from our rushing numbers last year. I did not think that our rushing efforts were overly successful last year. We only averaged, going back to 2020, when I say last year, only 4.62 yards per carry. It was, it was a big step back up towards the top of the league. I think we we're number two in the league behind Florida in yards per rush, but it's still not where we have been at points throughout the Kirby Smart era. Do you see us getting closer, Curtis, to that like five and a half, 5.75 yards per carry this year? I don't, and the only reason I say that is because I still don't know if we have the home run threats that we've had in the past. The Swifts, the Chubbs, the Michelles that could take it to the house on any one play. I still am not sure we have that in our backfield. Like, I think Kendall Milton is more of a, a you know, I've talked about past Derrick Henry-esque where he may break some, but I see him getting more of the harder yards, six, seven yards of pop. I just think that until we have more of these home run threat guys, it's hard to really think we're going to make a bigger jump. I think that's fair. I think Kenny McIntosh is that guy. I think Kenny McIntosh is every bit the player James Cook is. Honestly, I think there's a lot of similarities there. And in fact, I think Kenny is better in a short area than James James was. James has got really good speed, and he was a fluid athlete, and he was very good as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Obviously, we were able to do that a lot with him. But I, I love Kenny McIntosh's suddenness and his short area quickness. I think he's dangerous in that phone booth kind of situation. Is he quite as fast as James Cook like in a straight line? Maybe a hair slower, but I don't think it's anything significant. I mean, I think it's marginal at best. But I, I do think that Kenny McIntosh, of all the guys that we have coming back at running back, is most likely to be that explosive threat. But I agree with you. Kendall Milton, I think, can bust off some runs. He's had a couple in his career, but he's not a burner. I think you know if, if you had Kendall go to the NFL Combine tomorrow, what do you think he'd run, Curtis? Four, mid four fives, four six? Kendall Milton? Yeah. Uh, I would say 4'6". 
Yeah, I'd say high four fives at best in four six range, probably, which is fine. Like I've always said, like you want to have guys at the running back position with home run threat ability, like with that elite home run speed. That's ideal, but it's not the top of my list when it comes to running backs. I put vision, feel, short area quickness, all that kind of stuff, contact balance, all those things are traits that I put higher on my list. I'm looking at when I'm evaluating running back, and I do like just straight line speed. But I'm not going to sit here and lie. I would love the guy to have you know just home run type speed, like a DeAndre Swift type guy. Of course, I would love that. But I don't know if we have one of those guys on the on the roster. I think that's fair, Curtis. But I do love what Kenny McIntosh gives us out of the backfield. Like, am I crazy, Curtis? Like, I I truly don't think we're going to miss a beat in terms of like what James Cook gave us when you replace him with, with Kenny McIntosh. Is is that me? Am I like too high on Kenny right now? I don't I don't think so. I, I think they're very comparable it realistically i mean what i'm trying to pull the numbers here real quick what did kenny have last year for us he was hurt at times last year he dealt with a little bit of an injury wasn't his best year uh because he didn't play as much but he wasn't that far behind james when it came to reception numbers i mean james had a little under 300 yards receiving i got it right here so james had a little under 300 yards receiving and Kenny McIntosh, they actually were very similar, Curtis. James had 284 yards receiving on 27 receptions. Kenny McIntosh, in spot duty, did not play near as much as James did, had 22 receptions for 242 yards. So, I mean, they actually had more yards per attempt. So, again, I, I think that Kenny McIntosh absolutely can give us everything that James Cook gave us. And I feel pretty strongly that Kendall Milton can give us everything that Zamir White gave us. It's going to come down to touches and how we structure the offense. Are we going to try to throw the ball more? I I could go either way on this one, honestly. You said you were buying this one? Yeah, I was. Man, this is a tough one. 2,000 combined. I'm going to buy it as well because I think Kenny McIntosh is going to push three to 400 yards receiving this year. And I think that's going to put them slightly over the top of that 1,900-yard number. I mean, you look at the rushing yards last year. Zeus had 850, Cook had 730. I think that we, I, yeah, I, I absolutely believe that we can hit that. I think we hit 2,000 with these two guys. I do. So I'm going to go, I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy that super hard, but I'll go ahead and buy it here. Why not? Let's do it. All right, next one, Curtis. We know that Brock Bowers was the best tight end in college football last year. It's an absolute travesty that this man was not a finalist for the Mackey Award. By the way, Curtis, remember Jalen Weidemeyer was a finalist for the Mackey Award, the top tight in the country? Yep. Who had nearly 20 fewer catches than Brock Bowers, over 300 yards less receiving than Brock Bowers, and like a third of the touchdowns that Bowers had last year. And Curtis, remind me here, because I, I just seem to forget, where did Weidemeyer get drafted in the NFL draft a month ago? Nope, undrafted undrafted huh looks like the Mackey award really got that one right really got that one right but anyway Brock Bowers is the best tight in the country and he was only a freshman he is back again for another year we know Curtis he led us in both the number of receptions and receiving yards 56 catches for 882 yards Curtis I don't know if you know this because I didn't know this until I looked it up earlier today because I was curious that was the most receiving yards by any Georgia pass catcher tight end or receiver since 2012 trivia time curtis who was it in 2012 that surpassed 882 yards receiving who had more than that who was it Tavares king bingo curtis i didn't know if you'd get that one man dead on the closest we've had to a thousand yards receiving in quite a while 
But yeah, it's been almost a decade, Curse. Almost a decade since we've had someone go for more than what Brock Bowers did last year as a true freshman playing the tight end position. Not a receiver, tight end. So, Curtis, buy or sell? We have a, Brock Bowers is coming back, but we also have a lot of talented options. We've got A.D. Mitchell going into another year. Arie Gilbert is back. Darnell Washington is back. Hopefully, he's going to be healthy. Lad McConkie's back. A lot of weapons for Stetson Bennett to work with this year, Curtis. So, buy or sell? Someone other than Brock Bowers leading the team in either receptions or receiving yards. I'm going to buy that. I, I think the biggest thing is that right now, especially tied in, there's just so many weapons that were Brock was head and shoulders the best weapon a tight end. I mean, he's probably the best tight end in the nation. But the fact is, like, we have so much talent there. Last year is him against Fitzpatrick or Darnell Washington. Well, is no no question if we had a tight end in there, who's it going to? And then we were inconsistent in the wide receiver play, and Brock and um, Stetson felt like just had that great connection. We did a good job of trying to target him. Um but I think with the emergence of A.D. Mitchell, Kiaris Jackson, Ladd, all those people, it's just, it's going to take targets away from uh, Brock. And then, and then you have to t- throw in a Rick Gilbert and Delp and Washington if he comes back. Well, Washington's coming back for at least this year. He's missed the, the transfer deadline, the, the portal That's deadline. That's true. But I guess and the injury is my concern with things. Like he's just had trouble with the foot. And when you're that big playing that position, that's concerning to me. I see where you're coming from here, Curtis. I do agree with you that he is going to have more competition for targets because you're exactly right. He was a true freshman last year, but a lot of our focus on getting him the ball early in the season was by default because we didn't have the other options. Kyrus Jackson was a shell of himself because he wasn't healthy. We didn't really, I mean, you know, George Pickens, Jermaine Burton was there for the first game. He was hurt most of fall camp and then got hurt early in the year. Rosemary Jack Saint wasn't quite back to being what he what he was showing before the injury in 2020. Lad McConkey came on and did some really good things for me. Lad was great last year. Curse 31 catches for us last year, uh, over 400 yards receiving. AD Mitchell started to come on, had over 400 yards himself. But those are really the, like the major options was Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey, and AD Mitchell, and then the running backs out of the backfield. Like that was pretty much our passing game last year with a few passes sprinkled in. He, Jermaine Burton had, you know, when he got back healthy, he had a little under four, a little under 500 yards. He was good for us, but it, it was, it was really Brock Bowers and complimentary pieces elsewhere. This year, I do agree that we're going to have more guys that are ready that have put themselves in a position to be more of a threat in the passing game. I think Lad McConkey might be the best receiver on the team. I, I right now, I guess I would probably lean towards AD in that because it's just like the physical body the prototype he has there but lag can do some things that can just absolutely dissect defenses i think he's going to be a big weapon for us i do believe ad mitchell is going to become a household name at some point this year if we continue to win at the level i think that we're going to win he's going to be a big part of that kiris jackson back fully healthy coming back for another season you're right there are going to be more people who are going to compete for those targets and they're going to they're going to deserve some of those targets so I could see it where maybe Bowers doesn't have quite the numbers. Maybe he falls just short of 882 yards and just short of 56 receptions this year because there are going to be more balls thrown around to other guys. But I still think he's going to be the guy that leads the team in at least in yards. I truly believe that because I, I, we know that everyone that we play is going to try to take him away. But Curtis, they did that last year, and Todd Munkin. I have a ton of faith in him to find ways to get him the football. And with his versatility, being able to play in line, being able to play in the slot, being able to play out wide, 
I have a lot of confidence in us still being able to get him the football. And then if if they do double him, no matter where he is, and try to take him away, then we start hurt them with other guys, and then they've got to they've got to adjust defensively to take away those guys, and then Brock can make plays. But I think it's all the passing game is going to begin and end with Brock Bowers. I do think it's fair that he might have slightly less numbers this year, but I still think it's going to be closer. I, I, I still think he'll have more yards. It might be closer. Like Burton was the second leading receiver last year with 497 yards. So about 400 yards short of Bowers. It might be, you know, maybe he has like 150, 200 yards more receiving than our next top guy. But I still think that Bowers is going to be the guy because he showed last year that he is that dude. Our coaches know that they're going to, I think, have even more ways to find, find him in the passing game, get him the football. So, I'm going to still say that Brock Bowers leads the team in both receptions and receiving games. I could be wrong. It's going to be closer, but I'm going to still go with my man Brock. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Okay, Curtis, a couple more here. This next one, we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but I want to touch on it more directly here. The narrative all offseason, and we've contributed to this as well, Curtis, is that with all the losses on the defensive side of the ball this year, we saw what happened in the NFL draft, that this team is going to have to be carried by the offense at least early on. The offense is going to have to pick up the slack and become more prolific and more of a reason why we're winning football games than maybe it was last year. So, Curtis, buy or sell, the Georgia offense in 2022 is more likely to finish inside the top five in yards per play than the Georgia defense. Buy or sell? I'm going to buy that, and the only reason is I just don't believe we're going to be as good stopping the run. Um, even if some of these guys step up, I just don't believe we are there yet when it comes to stopping the run, and that's going to really get into um, – the yards per play, because that's where we were so good last year. It's just because we stopped the run and made them really took that away from everyone. Yeah, we were second nationally defensive last year in yards per play allowed behind Wisconsin. Wisconsin was 4.1 yards per play. We were 4.15. So essentially the exact same. We were number one, number two all year long. But here's again, Curtis, what people do not realize about our offense. We were top five nationally in yards per play offensively last year. No one realizes they talk about our offense like it was just hot garbage. Like our offense was just along for the ride last year. And that could not be further from the truth. Our offense was elite in terms of efficiency. Top five in the country. Better than Alabama from an efficiency standpoint. And I know if you ask the average college football fan out there in the country, said, hey, who had a better offense last year? They would say Alabama. Why would they say that? Because Alabama put up flash year numbers. They scored more points, right? But yards per play, we were 6.98, 6.98, Alabama, 6.54. So almost a, a half a yard better than Alabama in yards per play, half a yard more efficient, which, guys, that, that's actually pretty significant there. Alabama was, they were number 16 nationally, but yet they averaged 488 yards per game. We averaged 442 yards per game because our offenses were structured differently. It's just that simple. But our offense was elite last year, 
And I think our offense is going to be even better this year, Curtis. I really do. So if our offense was already there last year, and I think we're going to be better this year, I'm going to have to buy it and say, yeah, our offense has a better chance to be inside the top five in yards per play than our defense. I still think our defense is going to be really, really good, but I don't think that we're going to be 4.15 yards per play good. I think we'll probably be more like, oh, I don't know, four and a half, 4.75 yards per play, which will still probably be in the top 10 somewhere. I do not think that we're going to fall off a mountainside. I don't think that's going to happen. We're going to fall off a cliff defensively. But especially early in the season, we are replacing some talent. We, we have to recognize that, and we're going to be a filling out process, process trying to figure out who can play these roles and, and what we want to be defensively. Hopefully we have an answer for that in the preseason, but when you get into games, the bullets are flying, you know, you, you got to kind of adjust and see what you've got there. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in this offense, Curtis. I've said before this offseason, I will say it again. And I'll say it probably 10 more times before the season gets here. I think this is going to be the best Georgia offense in history from a yards per play standpoint. I do believe that. I mean, last year we were top five. I think we're going to be even better this year. For all the reasons I've said throughout the offseason, all the weapons that we have, I think we're going to have a better offensive line. So it's going to be the quarterback actually had a full offseason as the guy, Todd Munkin back for another year. I think all signs point to this offense being even better, and we were top five last year. So I'm going to buy it. I think this offense is, is going to be elite. It's absolutely going to be elite. All right, last one, Curtis. We're going to go off the football radar here, and we're going to talk some Georgia basketball. Now, I did an episode last week where I laid out I went out on a limb, Curtis. I don't know if you if you heard this, if you caught this. I went out on a limb, and I said that the Georgia basketball team was going to make the NCAA tournament next season. Not two years, not three years, not four years down the road. I said next season. In retrospect, maybe that was aggressive. Maybe I'm a little crazy. Probably am. Got some feedback, and people were like, dude, you're out of your mind. And that's fine. I probably am a little bit out of my mind here, Curtis. But I wanted to give you a chance to have your say on this. I had my full say on a full episode last week, but I wanted you to get on here and uh, basically tell me how crazy I am because I'm starting to think maybe I am a little crazy here. But, Curtis, buy or sell that the Georgia basketball team will make the NCAA tournament next season. You know, I'm going to sell it, but I don't think it's that far off. Um, I could see us being very borderline. And I think the thing is, while we've added a lot of good pieces, I'm still not sure about our depth, especially um, at the forward position. And I think that's where we don't really have a lot of depth right now. Um, And I think that's going to be the biggest thing is at that position. If we get into foul trouble or anything, then that's going to affect the rest of the defensive pattern, Uh, especially Mike White, who, you know, kind of prides himself on good defense. It's going to be hard to keep that going. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's a couple of things, Curtis, that my prediction hinges on. Number one, Cario Quindo has to become an absolute star. I think he showed signs of that last year. I think he will be that next year, but I don't know that 100%. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. How good do you think Quindo can be next year? Can he be that guy for us? I think he can be, yeah. I mean, he was averaging well over 20 points a game. Basically, the last 10 games this season was big time against the best competition. Average over 20 points a game against the best teams on our schedule, all the teams that made the NCAA tournament. I think he can be that guy, and I would like to see him. Not, not only would I like to see, I need to see him. We need him to be a more consistent threat from three. He showed signs that he was just inconsistent. I think he showed about 27%. We need that number to be upwards near, like, I would say at least 33%. I'd be really happy with 35%. So it hinges on that. I, I also really hope that Jalen Ingram comes back fully healthy. You know, he went down after, I think, game nine last year. Early, I 
think it was right the tail end of non-con play. At some point, non-conference play. He wasn't a part of the team in conference play because he tore his ACL. I think him coming back is huge for us. And if he's healthy, that's you talk about the forward issue. He's a guy that has some versatility there. He was basically having to play center for us at times last year because we had no depth in the front court. I, I hear what you're saying about the front court, Curtis. I feel like we're in a better position there going into next year than we were this year. Is that at least fair? I mean, yeah, we're in a better position, but that, I mean, that's not a high not saying much. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Not saying much. Um, getting Balin Bridges back at the five is good. Uh, that's big. I thought he was really efficient for us. The guy shot like 63% from the field last year. I think getting Frank Anselm from Syracuse, who was not a major contributor there, but he has the, the physical profile to be a guy that could be a rim protector. He can finish around the rim, be a lob guy. He can do the things you need modern bigs to be able to do. Kyron Lindsay. Coming as a true freshman, it's hard to count on true freshman, but I like the body type there. He's got a strong body. He's athletic, playing that, that four position. So I think we have some, some options there. Really, to me, what's going to come down to is Aquindo becoming a star, and do we have elite guard play? I mean, overall, and I, and I think Aquindo is going to be elite. Can we have Aquindo and Terry Roberts, like a Batman-Robin type scenario? Because if we have those, if if Terry Roberts coming in from Bradley, who averaged 15 points a game last year as a point guard, if he can be that complimentary, like number two scorer to a Quindo and a Quindo becomes a star, I think we have some other pieces like Justice Hill who can hit the three, can knock some shots down from perimeter. Even a guy like uh, Abdul Rahim, Jabri can knock down threes as a guy off the bench. I think we have all the pieces. I think we have the pieces that you need to put together a quality NCAA tournament team. Will we get there? I can't guarantee that. It's like I said last week. I'm not going to guarantee this, but I do think that we had the pieces. I think that Mike White has done a fantastic job going to the transfer portal and really answering most of the questions that we have. The big question I have remaining is how do all these pieces gel together? You know, we basically had an entirely new team last year. We're going to have an, I don't, not an entirely new team this year, but a lot of new faces, which just just kind of become the norm in college basketball. How do those pieces fit together, especially when Mike White is still in, in year one trying to establish his, his culture coming off the Tom Crean years, which is, I don't know if you could have had a worse culture. I really don't know if you possibly could have. I'm sure you could have. I guess Baylor back in the day had a player murder another player. So there's that. That's probably like the worst culture of all time. But it wasn't a great culture regardless. And so it, that's going to take some time. That does concern me to a degree, but I have a lot of faith and confidence in Mike White. This guy is a winner. He's been a winner everywhere he has gone. No, they didn't make the tournament last year, but that was the anomaly. They have won at Florida since he got there. I know Billy Donovan set him up nicely. That's all fair. But the fact is, he's been a winner. I think he's going to be a winner here. He's raised the level of the Georgia basketball program to where people view this as a winning program, which has never, ever been the case in our program's history. But all right, guys, that does it for us today here on the Glory UGA podcast. We will be back later on this week answering more of your most pressing Georgia sports questions. So if you've got any questions, don't be a stranger. They can be Georgia-specific questions, obviously football, recruiting, baseball and softball are still going on right now. They can be Georgia-adjacent questions, even national football questions. Whatever is on your mind Let us know and we will make sure to touch on it and discuss it on this show at some point during the summer. We've made a dent. We've started to make a little bit more of a dent in those questions, but there's plenty of time left this summer to cover anything and everything you guys want us to talk about. So you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at glory underscore UGA. You can just tweet us. You can DM us. You can email us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram as well. 
So a couple different ways you can reach out to us, but let us know any questions you've got. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we will answer all those questions here over the next couple months leading into the 2022 football season. But for now, we are out of here. Thank you guys for listening. You're the best. We always appreciate it. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>